Hello and welcome to another Not Chilly podcast. So it's now 2020 and this is actually a podcast we recorded last year and I think we even mentioned it in the podcast that it's like six months ago. This is all in six months this is going to be released. But, you know, I've kind of had an up and down time. So I'm just kind of happy to to kind of go back to the foundations of why I created this podcast in the first place. Now, I love podcasting and I do really enjoy it. Maybe the editing process is a bit slow and cumbersome, but uh, one of the main reasons why I did it was just to kind of open up and to do things and to chat to people and kind of it's a bit of selfishly motivated in that uh, it's arguably something I was kind of being a bit of recluse about and something I was choosing not to do because I was a little bit too closed off. And now that I'm kind of opening these floodgates and opening these doors a little bit, uh, and I kind of had a really good rhythm, but it started to become a bit of a, how do I describe it? Um, like a system, which is, you know, arguably a really good thing. So, you know, routine and stuff is really important. And I kind of want to keep that, but I kind of forgot the fact that this isn't, this is a selfish project that I'm doing for my own self-love. And, I don't necessarily need to be perfect with it. It's just, it's like doing a, you know, not that this is like art, but if it's like doing a painting, you know, if you're doing it just for other people, then maybe that's not the best reason for this particular thing. Cause obviously if it was a business model and I needed to, uh, you know, if I wanted to garner a huge audience, which I, you know, would be awesome, but I'm not hoping for it or planning for it. Um, then, yeah, then of course, then there would be used to be, you know, like really methodical with this, but this is kind of a self-love thing. So, um, it's been a bit broken. It is going to probably still be a bit broken, but I'm going to release episodes when I can. And yeah, when I feel up to it and if I hit a good rhythm and a good stride, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to try to keep that going. If things start to pick up with it, then I will take advantage of that and I will make more of it. But balancing life, balancing everything around, it's just, you know, makes it a little bit harder to make that kind of stuff happen in a, you know, in a rhythm. Uh, But yeah, so sorry for all the people I tried to connect with that I didn't get to. Uh, I will hopefully try to if anyone is still willing to participate. Uh, But otherwise, I, you know, love making it simple. I love, you know, hanging out with particular Josh because he tends to always be available. (laughs) And also because he's awesome. Um... And yeah, so I'm going to do that more. So that's just kind of a bit of a heads up. I did record a podcast this year uh, at the beginning of this year, and I'm going to keep recording some more and more. So it's not that this is going to come to a halt. Uh, I just want to get out some of the stuff that I recorded last year because there's actually a few of them that just sat in the back burner for a while. Um, This one is actually technically a part two. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Me and Josh, one of the first podcasts, if not the first podcast we did was uh, Avengers Infinity War. And this is kind of, we had a lot of feedback and worries and concerns in that podcast. And so this one is kind of a resurgence into that podcast. Uh, And so what happened when they released this Endgame? What did we think about it? How did they deal with what, what the things that we were bothered about? Uh, so yeah, sit back and enjoy and thank you for being a part of this and thank you for, you know, participating in whichever way you do and whichever way you can. It's uh, more helpful than you might realize. Anyway, thank you very much. Enjoy until the next one. It's like, it's been ages since we've done one of these. It has been, it hasn't been like four months.
Really? Surely. January? February? I don't know, though, because I have to be honest, like, March and April felt like a fucking eternity. Yeah. Well, I also just remembered that, like, we did the Star Wars ones, which, 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 which we've recorded, but we're not outputting it yet. Uh, yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, that's cool. Covered off the whole OT. That's good. Yes, the original series. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to release those. I'm excited to record more, though. Like, record the next the next batch. And... Because there's like, it gets interesting from here on in. Because like original <laughs> uh, series, you know, everyone can agree that it's it's good and everyone's going to have a good time. But then, you know. Yeah, I think the prequels will be the most exciting by far. There's so, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, because you know. there's a lot of controversy. Yeah, and I mean, it's like we even ended up when we did Return of the Jedi one, we talked a lot about, um, you know, the prequels. Because mm-hmm. it's just that thing of like, we can't unlink them anymore you know they're just so um entwined uh, intertwined yeah can't wait to get to the end game of the star wars things that we're watching i was watching i was just i was just thinking like how how is the lucasfilm side of disney gonna handle exactly what we saw today you know it's like oh yeah it's a good call it's the same thing right like they're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing the same thing with episode nine mm-hmm. and i just yeah I mean, the main difference is, like, there's never been a three-hour Star Wars, so I just don't know. I'm just hoping that they do something like that. Uh, I really hope that they... Because otherwise, they're going to do the normal Star Wars thing, and we're, then we're really going to be looking at, like, you know, two hours and ten minutes, and, you know, <laughs> I really hope they make it 50 minutes longer than that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's got so much to crunch in, and it's kind of like that last... I mean, all of them are just... I mean, we're not going to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> There's like going to be a whole podcast episode devoted to those Star Wars films each. So how long has that been since since uh, Infinity War? Pretty came much out? a year. Was it? Because that's that was the first podcast we did. Oh, all right. Oh, it was it was Infinity fun. War. And so that's what I really love about this. It's like this is it's been a it's been a year since the last season. We did Infinity War, and now we had a lot to say in Infinity War, and now we can finally like see it's what over. True, it's it is. It's pretty. It's pretty weird. What does like, it mean that it's over? Do you think it actually like those whole signatures? Oh, by the way, spoilers, everyone. Yeah, all, don't, spoilers, don't don't go anywhere near this if you haven't seen it. Because yeah, this is pretty spoiler. Yeah, I'm shocked that it wasn't spo- That nothing had been spoiled for me um, in mm. the time going into it. You know, I wouldn't have been heartbroken, but no. I certainly expected something. I certainly expected to go in knowing who would die. Yeah, or at know? least that they that whether that everyone would come back or not. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was going to be a thing, you know, which is one of the things that we're going to, well, like, you know, talk about. It's kind of funny because I felt that going into it, my expectations were they would bring everyone back, but it would cost... Something great. Something like the loss of all, like, I, or something. I 100% th- thought it was Tony Stark. Like, I thought, I was like, okay, mm. the cost is going to be Tony Stark because I know he's not making any more of these movies. Mm-hmm. And it would be fitting, right? He's the beginning. He should be the end. Mm. And um, I thought he was going to die quicker. I thought he was going to die right at the beginning. I thought he was going to die sooner as well. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so he, I, I suspected that. I kind of, to me, it was more about how things were played out versus what actually played out. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think overwhelmingly, 
what I kept thinking watching this movie was like, God, I wish every Marvel film had been like this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that was just my overwhelming feeling was just I was feeling in this film so much more than I had ever felt in a, in a Marvel film, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that a lot of that is because, you know, I mean, for, for me in particular, it's like I really enjoyed, um, you know, Captain America. He's been my favourite character in the whole series and... You know, it's it's like a chapter coming to a close. It's like when Lord of the Rings finished or, you know, I'm not comparing the films, by the way, I'm just talking about the emotional journey. Mm. It's like Lord of the Rings finishing or the Star Wars prequels finishing. Whenever a big series comes to a close, it also, for me anyway, I think it, like, causes sort of, like, self-reflection. It's sort of like, where was I when this started? You know, mm. I was oh, working yeah. in a video store and in 2008 and last year of uni, like, that's where this started. Yeah. When did we, when would, what did we do with this? Where was I? When was it? When did it start? 2008, yeah. 2008, geez. Yeah. I would have just met my current girlfriend. Yep. So, I um, would have just finished uni. Or no, it would have no, been a year, just it would before. Have still been in last yeah. year of yeah. Oh my god, that's such a long time ago. I would have been just getting into the film industry. Yeah. Holy shit, that's a big deal. So I, I think there's a lot of that type of fear. emotion is wrapped up in it as well, as opposed to just purely like for the characters and things like that. Mm. So I think that's kind of, that's kind of like a weird thing. But there's stuff for the characters, right? I've always loved Thor. I think that Chris Hemsworth like mm. nailed that, and um, love what they did with him in this one, like fat Thor was just <laughs> what a great way to turn upside down, you know, mm. that whole and to express what happens to Thor when, you know, when he does go truly go off the rails, mm. um, when everything just collapses and that he has to acknowledge that he can fail. And, you know, unfortunately in this film, there's not really enough time to, to truly, truly explore that. You can have... It's it's done in vignettes, right? It's done in, like, little bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't... I guess I didn't expect anything more from it on that front. Yeah. Um, given the number of characters that they needed to crowbar in. Um, and you made a good point about that. You were saying that, like, the... They seem to have kept uh, the storylines more detailed and, and give more emotional story arcs to characters that um, that were going. That they weren't going to... Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. I felt like, obviously, Thor had his whole thing and he had his... Even the, the moment with his mom, uh, then they had uh, Hawkeye and Scarlet... Not... What's her name? Black Widow? Black Widow, yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome story arc. and Yeah, and I think that, like... I think that Black Widow often was sort of a character I found, and like people would joke about her kind of. Is everyone here is like these awesome people, and she's just like some human with a gun. gun. Yeah, yeah. And um, I always found the inverse with her. Like I have my ups and downs with how I feel about Scarlett Johansson. Um, you know, I think she she's one of those actors who can either like be completely flat in one thing, and then she can be just extraordinary in in another thing. I mm, find her to be mm, that's fair to um, say kind of inconsistent but not like not lacking talent obviously but um but inconsistent in how she deploys that it's uh, maybe it's like if she isn't feeling it for a film or something she's just like whatever yeah um but i always felt the black widow was a character that she like put quite a bit into and uh, i always felt that she was actually a reminder of how uh, brave the character was because you're watching her in contrast to all these people who can do all this stuff because they are mm-hmm. superheroes and she's naked, right? Like she's 
like she doesn't have all this cool stuff and she doesn't have any powers. She can't be she punched just, through a wall or she can't. Yeah, she just she has her she has her intelligence and she has her physical abilities and she does really brave things through the whole thing. So I thought that it was really good that in in the Soul Stone aspect of the film that it, I was wondering who would go and I actually thought it would be. Um, I thought it would be Captain America with someone, right? But Captain America had to be with, you know, Tony Stark throughout the film mm. to make certain emotional beats happen. Yep. And um, because of Red Skull, right? Because Red Skull is at the Soul Stone, so I thought that it would be fitting that, it, you know, so I was quite pleased that they didn't go that way and um, and that it was her. And I think that, that like, the weight of that, I think, was sort of owed, uh, owed to a character who, like... What else can she do? Mm. And that if you're a character who has detached yourself from everything your whole life, um, you know, it, do- it doesn't make any sense. Like when Hawkeye is like, no, no, I'll do it. Yeah, I was On any that. level, you're just standing there going, dude, you, you- You have a family. You have a family. If this works, you're bringing back a family. Mm. Like when you look at it objectively, like- Like the, yeah. the weight is not, you know, the scales are in your favour. So mm-hmm. you just don't- and and that yeah, so I thought that that was that was amazingly well executed, particularly mm-hmm. as we were saying earlier, like in comparison to in Infinity War, where that was just like boom, boom, boom with Gamora, like yeah. it just in that just felt like it happened in three seconds. And I watched it again recently, and the only reason there was an emotional payoff for me was um, that I'd seen it before, yeah. so I had an emulation of those emotions of what I should be feeling because mm. it was saying you should be feeling this here um whereas I didn't really feel it at the cinema and I was really upset about that actually oh I was super bothered by that I remember the podcast we talked about I was yeah. like oh this is this is puts a sour taste in my mouth because it's such an important this is the most important person in your life and you're supposed to throw him off a cliff and it's such an and it was yeah and it, I I just loved that idea of like you know the th- the the what she would hate more than anything is the idea that he loves her, mm, you know, mm, mm. and and that they that then he's willing to sacrifice the thing that he loves most, uh, or the, it's just the thing that you love. Mm. You must sacrifice something you love, and so, um, yeah, I just felt that that was um, really not well done in that film versus this one where it had real conflict weight. Both of them were fighting for each other's life. And they kept surprising me with the way they they were doing it. I didn't know who was going to go in the end. I knew who should go. Yeah. But I wasn't sure in the end who would actually be successful at killing themselves, which I thought was brilliant. And even up to the end where it's like, oh, he's off the cliff. I'm like, oh, that's it. And then suddenly there's that extra moment. Yeah. And then he even could tell that the way she had done it. Yeah, she'd rigged it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's genius, you know. So I I thought that was great. And really sweet, and it allowed them to have a, a sweet moment before, and then have a cool little fight scene, and then also have that sweet moment at the end before she lets go. The thing, one of the things that's quite amazing, and another reason why they couldn't have, like, say, Captain America there is, like, obviously, you know, in the previous film, he said, you know, one life is too many for us to sacrifice in order to. Mm-hmm. That's true. He's a little bit too. Uh, yeah. Positive, and <laughs> whereas these two are like ultra practical characters yeah, yeah, yeah. and also have such a back history not in the films but they make note of it and and i think that those two characters definitely throughout the series played off 
against each other really well. I did mm. think that. They were tiny moments. And when they're both human as um, well, which is the other exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he has the same sort of thing. And I was, you know, in, in prep of watching this film, like I rewatched Infinity War, Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2. Um, Jesus, you did a lot more work than I did. Ultron. Um, that film, like, That film is not actually as bad... Oh really? Going back and watching it again, it's it's not good, mm. but um, it's it's just kind of a fucking mess. Mm. Is is sort of the real thing, and there's a lot of things you just sort of go. Uh, anyway, it's. I was reminded of the interactions between Clint, uh, you know, Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's some moments. I think they did, yeah, as best that they could. And I think that rewatching them, you know, I've sort of, I've tried as hard as I can to really adjust my point of view on the films in terms of what should they be and what should I expect. And I think mm. that because I always, because of the original Iron Man being sort of born in the in the Dark Knight era, you know, came out the same year as Dark Knight, and and you know, we'd already had. Um, uh, Batman Begins before mm. that and, you know, a few years before and uh, a couple of years before that we had the rebirth of James Bond and that was sort of more believable and that kind of stuff. And because Iron Man felt more in that direction and then as the series progressed it felt more like a comic book, mm-hmm. um, I think that's where I sort of detached from it and now when I come back to it I just sort of... I can ignore the flaws a lot more easily than I felt I could before, just accepting that really what they are is just comic book movies in yeah. terms of, you know, what they deal with. Or the main thing I came away with from uh, Endgame is is really, I do think that it had a decade's worth of payoff in it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I really thought of it, I tried to sort of think as like a, a hardcore fan kind of thing and just think like, would I be happy with this movie? And I just can't see any reason why you wouldn't be. Mm. Um, I think Especially if you weren't as into the comics, I'm assuming comic book fans would be like, what this and this, and they could have done this. And Surely they would have gotten over that like a long time ago, right? They've had like 20 something movies to, mm. to get used to what Marvel never, film is doing. Never underestimate the power of a comic book fan. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Um, and, and I think that so I think that there was a lot of payoff in there. I thought they did a lot of things really, 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 really well. Um, it suffered, oh yeah, in in ways from just the typical Marvel thing of quick resolutions to problems and things like that. But the thing that I absolutely, without question, was not expecting, and was incredibly pleased with was a f- like what a full hour of just emotional lead up to the second act mm. and that they really actually spent time on the the aftermath. Mm. I really thought that that would be 20 minutes or something and yeah. they'd just sort of be, oh, okay, whatever. But it was like everything's fallen apart. Uh, they go to try and stop him and then it's really reinforced that there's nothing that, that can be done. Mm. Uh, and then the five years later and, and everyone's off doing their own things. And then it really comes back to the beginning yet again, right? It's like you have to reassemble mm. the, the Avengers and you can only do it in part. And then you have to bring everyone back. And once you brought everyone back, you know, that, well, they were hoping that that would be it, right? Mm. <clears throat> and I thought it was really clever. I c- kept sort of wondering like, 
you know, okay, they're going to bring him back, and then how are they going to have a big face-off against Thanos then? Is everything going to be... And then it was... I thought it was clever. I thought it was clever that they had him realise and, you know, Loki was uh, messing with their plans and things like that. Well, that was the nice part too. I like that that they didn't... It made sense. Like, it felt a bit formulaic, but that every single group of Avengers that went back in time did, like, have an uh, just a, in some way a dilemma. Yeah. The plan didn't go to plan, and then I think maybe... I think it was only uh, Ant-Man that was successful. Because he, <clears throat> he gets the staff in the end. No, no, it's no, not, no, 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 no. That's when everything starts going to hell. It was... Yeah, no, because even Captain America had the dilemma with meeting himself. Hmm. But it didn't really, like... that was. I can do this all day. Uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was some beautiful moments. There were some great funny bits in there, like... Um, Let me think. I guess... uh, No, yeah, I guess it was nice that they all had a little problem that wasn't all the same, other than the fact that they couldn't get the objective done. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel that feeling that I usually feel in... God, can I say feel another time? Um, that I usually feel in uh, Marvel movies, and that's that that there was no stakes. I actually enjoyed... I felt that there was... Yeah, yeah there was stakes. I really felt there was Whether stakes I felt like everyone was going to die or not, I still felt like, oh my God, like I, I didn't lose... Not like, uh, what was it, Civil War, which just, for me, was just like garbage. Because I just was like, I know everyone's going to be fine. And someone's going to be slightly hurt. Uh, yeah. yeah, I felt the same with that. I felt I felt the same with most of them. It's just like, uh, and that was the thing that really tired me out. It's like they do so many amazing things with the film, and then it would turn out there was like nothing at stake mm. um, because they just fix it with the quickly whatever thing, yeah, and yeah. Um, or just no one would get hurt or die. Mm-hmm. You know, even with uh, Civil War, right? I watched that and I was like. <laughs> You can't have a civil war and have no one that we care about. You know, it's like Rhodey. Yes, Rhodey breaks his back. Yeah. But, you know, so you you injure injure a secondary character. And then just keep him in a suit. The only time that ever had an effect was, well, as far as like from the movies I've seen is when he like... Yeah, crawl out in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And the only time that you really see any sort of um, emotional impact of that was, in my opinion anyway, was in Endgame when, mm. you know, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Nebula says, you know, I wasn't always like this. And he says, me either. Mm. Uh, but we don't even know if she knows if he's disabled or, you know, we don't know. Is he a quadriplegic? No, he's a paraplegic. So, but, he, he, mm. but I don't I just, there was no payoff in that. Like, there was no threat yeah so i think that 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 was the oddity in this film right was that this was really the first time in you know since well in a long time Mm. that i felt like with things uh and and i did i quite often i was in in this film i was just you know i didn't know what would happen i did like how they also treated captain marvel so that that's another really tricky one. You introduce the best fighter ever. Yeah, right? It's like she's just going to come in and kill everything. But then she's like, no, she has a whole, you know, galaxy to take care of. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm trying, do you think this is only happening here? And then she turns right at the end, which, you know, arguably if you if you were to look at it, you know, in retrospect, you'd be like, oh, yeah, of course she just comes at the end because she's the, but then it just made sense. and it They built it up. It's like, they've, yeah, I'm going to the other side of the universe. So, like, you might not hear from me for a while. And then obviously somehow she gets, word gets to her or she knows 
mm. that Thanos is, you know, whatever on Earth, and she has to go back, and it takes. And her she some just time. does a great, a great entrance. Yeah, that's I love the whole like the cannon. I was like, what is like, he? Yeah, firing yeah. at all of a sudden. I th- I said the moon, like yeah, because yeah. in the last one, how Thanos, um, you know, like had a had the had the planet crash. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but then that's when he had a whole bunch of Infinity Stones. Yeah. So yeah, I I was like, what the fuck is that? And then the cl- the color got bigger, and I was like. Oh fuck, Captain Marvel. Well, that's a good part, right? Because like in if it, in retrospect you look at that and be like, oh, yeah, of course it would have been Captain Marvel. But when watching it, they sucked me in enough that I oh, didn't, totally, I yeah. totally forgot. And I was like, who the fuck is it? A big pile of ships from like some other land that we didn't know. It's like no, no, no. This is one person, and then just <laughs> through the like rips through the ship, and that's just like and it, it, it was it was that was sweet and. Like, as much as like, I cannot stand Gwyneth Paltrow, but um, to actually see Pepper Potts finally fucking do something mm. that isn't, you know, standing around, uh, that was sweet to see. Yeah, in, she was cool. I love that moment in the towards the end, and it was a nod to, yeah, you know, women can fight too. And it's like, then I think it's when the gauntlet was given to Captain Marvel. And then all the women kind of band up and it's just like a whole army of basically oh, yeah, women, yeah. all the women superheroes. And it's like, I, part of me made me roll my eyes in, the, in that, like, you guys are just going for the, like, look, we're supporting women part. But part of me is also like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Like, that's an awesome moment. I think that, like, let's own that moment. It, it is cool, but, like, it's, you know, they've made 20-something movies and one of them had a female. Oh, lead. yeah. It would have been, been nice if they'd done something that was more more with... With that, like, it didn't take DC very long to get to Wonder Woman, you know. Mm, uh, so, that's true. So, and, yeah. it's an, it's a, I guess it's an issue with the industry in general. It's it, slowly changing. It is, but I mean, it's but most of it's based around this utter misconception that women don't. People wouldn't pay to see box them. Box office, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Just a complete no, no, not Absolutely. like nonsense. And um, and Wonder and the, and I guess arguably Wonder Woman was the one that smashed that out of the park. Not to suggest that no other women had done that before, but when yeah, it but, came to a Marvel yeah, movie. but uh, yeah, when it came to like Sorry, a, a, a superhero movie, but like you know when you look at it from years before, you know Melissa McCarthy was making comedies that were outgrossing uh, DC and Marvel Marvel movies. Mm, right. So you know. No, she's not a superhero, but she was a woman. Oh yeah, there's you know? no excuse. And for it. also, like, not a woman that aligns to anything that society would judge to be, you know, what women should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and she was outgrossing them. Whatever you say of the quality of these films, I don't care. I, you know, I love Melissa McCarthy. Mm. Uh, you know, she um, and she's in a lot of shit. But um, but you, that's something you can't take away from her, and it's just proof that yeah, they should have had some oh, women the, in capes doing right. awesome shit a lot earlier. I could go through IMDb and just go like, like, how many women film it with women? It's, it's got nothing to do with the, the 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 sex of the person as much as it's got to do with how good the writing was, how good the directing was, and and also obviously the acting needed to be helped. But it's but it's not got anything to do with the gender. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think that sometimes it does. I mean, you know, like you can alienate, you know, half the population by repeatedly not, you know, having characters I- they identify with it and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. you know, I don't think the gender is like something that's out of the question. It's just that you can't say women, you know, can't do it, can't can't gross films. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, a lot of bullshit. And, and the other thing, I, other- I do think that I and I'll be honest, like I really have felt that Marvels like had to get a, a you know. Just seems to have gotten away with that scot free. I don't, mm. I don't know why. 
and I don't think that I'm ignorant to it. I just don't think that there's been a mainstream like, yeah, where are all the women in Marvel? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. And after Scarlet, after um, you know, Black Widow, uh, Black Widow was dead in this. It's like you know, that was noticeable. That was honest to God. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being SJW or whatever, like SJW? social justice warrior. Oh yeah, I wasn't like being. I wasn't going out of my way. It's like when they all came back and they were there in you know, in the base and they were talking about what happened. There was a real registration of like, fuck, it is such a dude's club. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, this is such a boy's club. So that was a thing. I know we're meandering all over the place with this. But yeah, that, that it didn't go unnoticed to me, uh, you know. Mm. And uh, the one thing I have really noticed was that when she was first introduced, and I'm trying to remember the character's name now, but... Um, the one that does all the red, weird yeah, telekinesis stuff? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know because I've never heard of her till uh, Marvel movies. Crazy, and uh, anyway, she was just the like she was so because she was meant to be from uh, the city that they destroy at the end. She and mm. her twin brother, yeah, have yeah. been enhanced, and they're called enhanced because they can't they weren't allowed to say mutant at the time. Mm. Um, you. Uh, she was kind of rubbish, I felt, in that film. And then they sort of progressively made her, like, really awesome. Yeah, true. By the time you got to this film, like, by the time she's in Endgame, you go, oh, she's so badass. Yeah. And then in this film, you know, she really actually finally got to got to do some cool shit. And I just, mm. you know, um, I don't even know who you are. You will. Yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> just like, that was, that was cool. a fucking great line. And then she's like just smashing him and doing all this sort of stuff. And it's like, no, okay, as it turns out, he won't ever know who she was. But um, but the fact is, you know, before uh, he died, he knew that she was someone that could kick his ass. Yeah, that's right. Strip his armor from him. That was And cool. he had to call in an entire artillery strike to, to stop it. Yeah, true. You know, so I thought that that was really well paid off. There was a lot of really good bits like that, and I really loved how they they really tapped basically every single character that they possibly could, right? Because Jarvis is dead, dead. Uh, Black Widow is dead, dead. Mm. Uh, so they can't bring them in. But it was it was really cool to see how it was just this, like, um, almost Ready Player One level of, like, let's bring in all the franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really pulled that off. So that, that final battle was really, really, really sweet. I'm also happy that that final battle wasn't an hour long. I'm really happy that they kind of, that that was the right length of time because yeah. they could have easily stretched that because, I mean, it would have just been special effects budget. Woo, woo, woo. And it was actually like, no, we don't need to. We don't need to tell the story this month. Like, there, how much story is there? We need to beat Thanos. How are we going to do that? We're going to start with not a lot of people beating Thanos, and then Thanos is going to bring out the big guns, and then we're going to bring out the bigger guns, and that's all. That's that's the story that could be told in a few minutes. That that battle really was well done, and then you sort of just—it's it, always so strange because when you think of it in terms of like plotting, um, you know, uh, Doctor Strange, for example has to know how it ends, right? He, mm. does, he does know how it ends. Well, he knows one of the chances of how it'll end, yeah. Well, this That's is, the only thing he gives away. Is like there's one he, but he's pretty sure... One in 14 million, yeah. yeah and he's yeah. like, this. he's pretty sure that it's the only one. Mm. And then it reaches the point where he knows that it is And he gives the Stark one. the nod. And he's like, yep, yeah, you need to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, But it's that thing of like, he's walking around just being like, God, I know the fucking ending to this story. Mm. And... Um, 
and it's just interesting to think of different perspectives of it, of of sort of like, um, if you know what's going to happen, how much do you just have to go through the motions of letting time play out until what has to happen happens? Yeah, I did it's like kind of like at the at the start of the thing, he could have just been like, "Oh, dude, put on the infinity, put put on the gauntlet, and just click your fingers," because that's what's going to happen anyway. Yeah, well, that's true, and I did like how. I forgot her, the character's name. The lady in New York. The her ma- like. Uh, oh, the master. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember her name. I like that. The only time she flinches is when she realizes that Doctor Strange says like he gave away the stone. Yeah, I mean Tilda Swinton is an amazing actress, mm. and I don't know why I was particularly sort of like, oh, that was really good acting. <laughs> but um, her her transition there and transitions are. Uh, clunky a lot of time with mm. actors where they go from one extreme because she goes from quite arrogant, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. certain, all that kind of stuff. So she goes from that to being completely, um, uh, oh fuck, yeah, yeah. And yet, you know, the thing that's quite interesting is that there's still a bit of arrogance in that because it means that she has to be absolutely sure that um, the way that she interprets it, right, is that Doctor Strange did the right thing and she was wrong to deny Bruce the stone. Mm-hmm. Another interpretation of it could have been, I chose Doctor Strange incorrectly. Yeah. But she doesn't... Uh, no, she doesn't go that she way. She doesn't question that choice. She questions uh, her other choice. Mm. So, I think... Um, it's a it's a great scene though, and as as far as obstacles go, that's an interesting one. That's so much more interesting, uh, and I'm sure that when they were writing it, they had this exact conversation. You know, what are we going to have Bruce Banner come up against? I don't know. You know, at some point it would have been, oh, Hulk beats the shit out of this, and blah blah blah. Or to verse himself. Yeah, like how do you make it really interesting? Fuck, make it make it a completely intellectual exercise, intellectual and emotional exercise, primarily intellectual. Do not make it. A physical fight mm-hmm. because we know the outcome with Hulk, right? It's like he's this terrifying, unkillable force. Mm. Um, and so I think that uh, that was such a good decision. Um, and it was really cool the same way that Spider Man Homecoming sort of gave you a different angle of the um, uh, events of the original Avengers, you know, mm. when you're seeing them scrapping everything after the battle and all that kind of stuff. It gave you a really interesting perspective on oh she was here just taking out extra bits and pieces as she could because you know yeah their right. time hadn't come so they weren't gonna do a big fight she was just defending the the building exactly which, which had all the you know artifacts or whatever yeah yeah that's and, and, and she was and there she, with an infinity stone and it, also yeah. she um she knew the timeline yeah she already said like i'm gonna like dr strange is five blocks away and he's not going to be here till four years or something, or yeah. whatever that's whatever she said. And so she obviously saw the timeline. So I guess she didn't see far enough. But then she must have seen it to the point where Thanos clicks his fingers, and still thought this was the better outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. It, it it was cool. Like a lot of it was really well done. And as far as like time traveling sort of yeah, I was about to get into yet that. films go. Um, I thought that it was really well done how they played on oh we're gonna go back to all the films that you love and i never i never felt that i was being uh it wasn't gimmick i wasn't being nostalgically taken advantage of mm, yeah I yeah agree. it wasn't it never felt gimmicky to me it almost felt- though right at that first shot where you see like that that 
famous shot from Infinity War. Oh yeah. But no, sorry, not from War. from just the Avengers. Yeah, the Avengers. Yeah, that's right. That was like I was like, oh god, here we go. We're gonna see this from a I different was, angle, yeah. and then suddenly they they went into like different, completely different fights. And I was yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see uh, Loki being smashed. Just one more time. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought that would be a, like a funny little like <laughs> add on. But I will say that I, I, you know, I'm a stickler for science and I'm a stickler for <laughs> I, uh, time travel shit. I love doing time travel stuff, and I feel like they kind of. Uh, I, I, I wanted them to have more consequences. Mm. And that's just me being a stickler. Like, the, I, the, it's the, the, the God of Thunder, the big green man, mm. the, uh... I, one the, thing I really do like, though... The Ant-Man. ...is, um, when Thor meets his mum. Oh, yeah, and I thought, right. like, oh, this is, well, this is gonna fuck the timeline, right? Because he's gonna be like, you're gonna die. And she's like, don't tell me what happens. It's not my place. I love that she was like almost in tune with exactly what was going on. And she knew that this was a future version of her son and that this is how he was going to end up. And I thought that that was, that was a nice version of taking advantage of the timeline. I don't like... There was something about the flimsiness in some aspects, which made me just go, oh, like, for example, um, there, everything should have consequences. And I wonder how detailed they went into that. He took the vials from the um the 60s or whatever 70 70s yeah so he took the vials from there and you go okay so are we down a few vials somewhere else Did we, is there somewhere in the timeline where that those vials disappeared? oh for sure i mean but there's like so the biggest plot hole that i noticed was mm. that how come how come the only time that nebula isn't linked to the other nebula and projecting the thing is when gamora is like, oh, I'm going to help you fight, which is one of the most pivotal points in the entire timeline. Wait, say that again. Timeline. Let me so, go. you know how, like, at every worst case scenario, like, the nebula is connecting to her oh, self, self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and projecting what's going on. Mm. How come the only time that she doesn't seem to record something and transmit it to, her, to the other nebula is when Gamora comes to her and is like, oh, tell me what happens. Oh, shit, I better uh, fight with you. I thought that. Because I don't think that... I think the transmission happens when someone, like, interrupts. Not when it... Like, because she caught the the future Nebula at a time where the other Nebula was already in the battle. And so, she was... Like, this Nebula was just basically left to rot while the other one was doing the, the deed. So, I don't think she had an opportunity to, to, like... I don't know. It just felt... It felt like a... There was some kind of far, like that was the only kind of overlook thing. I, I just sort of thought, yeah, I, 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 I would have just put a tiny line in there, you know, sort of like, oh, let's disable this thing in your head first. Yeah, okay. Like, just yeah, do yeah. something like that. Because I just, I know that that's a really nitpicky, but I just sort of thought that was kind of the only, I'm sure there's a million. Pl- I'm really, I'm really bad, by the way, at picking up plot holes. Mm. I'm so, so all in for that whole, like, just let the creators take you on a ride. Mm. I got um, one for you, though. Oh, this yeah. one's even, this is pretty nitpicky. Thor goes back in time uh-huh. to go to uh, Azeron? As- Asgard. Asgard. Uh, talks to his mum, mm-hmm. recalls the hammer, and goes oh, to yeah. the where, future, how, right? How, how, what, that's, no, no, Where's I totally hammer? agree. So, how come... Yeah, so where does the hammer go yeah. in that timeline? And then the only only explanation I have is, do I should I go back and watch Thor when he loses the hammer, because he's not good enough? Is that timeline match with 
Thor getting the hammer then and disappearing with it. And then maybe... No, because he keeps the hammer. No, because... No, because... um, What's her name? Whatever Natalie Portman's character's name Mm, is. um, mm. She's already in Asgard. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, that for me was like, cool. I love love that, like, suddenly... um, uh, what's his name? Captain America could use the hammer. I thought that was a cool little like you. Yeah, you and you know that's that's like a payoff from Age of Ultron. Right? Yeah, when he's trying to pull that and out, and he's put and it just shifts, shifts a very tiny bit, and Thor's like, Ooh. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, and also that point that hammer is his life. You know, like it's it's you know baby, and so yeah. Well, it's a, he's a, he has a he has that arrogance around. He's the only one who's worthy to pick it up. And yeah, that's, that's all right. that it's about. And it's quite funny because it's like that's such a mystical bullshitty kind of thing to say. Quite sort of like you'd have to believe in gods to believe in that type of thing. But, mm. but that is how it works. Yeah, and yeah. you have to be worthy to pick it up. And it was just that was fucking sweet to see Captain America use Mjolnir mm. was. Awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was really sweet. And it's it's a testament to his character, right? He's basically the hero. Like, he's yeah. the unbreakable, uh, doing everything for the good reasons. Even throughout all the films, he's always about the people. Yeah. And so, like, he, he's worthy of that at the end. He's proved himself. I thought that was fantastic. Exactly. I, I think that, yeah, he's done enough to, to show it. They're such a good character. Like, that's a... That's a I'll 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 miss him being Captain America. I he was a perfect Captain America. Yeah, I like, love Chris Evans. Oh, but so was Robbie. I think Robbie Downey Jr. was a perfect oh. freaking you know, Iron Man, unquestionably. Yeah, yeah. He, he was. Was there a bad chosen character? I didn't. I didn't really like. I obviously read a little bit of Iron Man, a little bit of Captain America, enough to know. Oh, in those perfect. terms, I don't know because I didn't. I haven't read enough of them. In terms of what? In terms of how I think they went, I think that they were good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the casting was, yeah, all around pretty good. I just, there's just, there's just, in, in a cast that basically ends up being, what, like 30 people. Yeah, holy um, shit. You, there's going to be people you don't like. I just, I don't like Chris Pratt. That's just, you know. Not your, not your jam. Oh, he used to be, uh, mm. but I haven't, I haven't liked his, uh, his turns in uh, in terms of like the- I, d- I liked him in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't really like him from that point onwards, but not because I hate him as an actor, but just I I, I didn't really get into the, his roles after that. But it's the first uh, one I thought was like it suited him really well. I thought he had the right yeah I, d- I didn't charisma like him. for it. That was probably the first role that I didn't like him in, to be honest. Although I don't think he was partic- he was in Zero Dark Thirty as well as one of the seals. Navy mm, Seals. I was going to say, uh, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I I thought he was okay in that, and again, mm. it was sort of like trying to make him a little bit jokey. And you're like, this is about killing fucking Osama bin Laden. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, dude, being being the being this film. I w- um, I will say that like um, uh, now now to talk about things that kind of irked me a bit. That first scene I told was talking to you about. I felt like they could have. They could have had a, a Pixar moment where you, the first like ten minutes of the movie is like a heart wrencher because we all knew what happened. You see, you see Hawkeye, you see yeah. the, the kids. You know the kids are going to disappear. That's exactly what's about to happen. But they could have done it in a way that made you just go. It, it, they, I feel like they missed that opportunity. But uh, I think they missed the opportunity. But I do again. Like I think it's kind of weird. Like I think it's one of those things where they want it to be accessible to kids mm. and. 
weirdly they're willing to show people get decapitated, but um, not uh, you know feel well not people the loss right of. Well, Thanos is like the only person who gets decapitated. Yeah, I know. I just, I still just think it's like I just, I, I, I just think back to sort of the films that we watched when we were kids, and they like mm. totally emotionally fucked you up. Like even if you look at like Land Before Time, you know. Like, oh yeah. When, when the mum dies and all that kind of stuff, like it was just traumatic. At Pixar, right? Like, yeah, so many. Uh, a hundred percent, and they go there. They fully go there. Like yeah. that opening um, of. Uh, I remember when I went to see Up at the cinema, mm. and I picked. Kind of like what we did today. I, to- um, you know, I haven't seen a matinee in so long, mm. and so you go for like an, a morning thing, sort of thinking it's going to be empty, but of course it's going to be fucking. Fuck me! I got to talk about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I think. Um, anyway, so I was. Uh, you went and saw up. We, yeah, we were sitting there watching it, and then when she gets to the hospital and finds out that she's uh, or Baron, or yeah, like, Baron, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, just this kid just starts wailing. Mm. And it's that thing of, like, um, you could hear kind of the, well, the kid, like, the kid was upset about what was happening on the screen. The kid wasn't just having a random. Yeah, yeah. You know. It was timed. Um, yeah. And you just sort of went, fuck. Like, they don't, they cannot, po- they cannot understand what's happening. Not to the same depth that we can, that's for sure. But they know these people are very sad. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, and therefore they are going to cry. They understand the tone of what's happening in the room. Mm. And that, that to me has always been a shocking, like, that, that's always shocked me, that opening to I, I kind of, I don't know, I, I, I might, I might choke on my own words if I ever have a kid, but I feel like I like that. I don't. I don't think you should go and like show your kid what a slaughterhouse looks like, you know. But I also think that like giving your child and like uh, emotional intelligence moments where they can be. Oh like, no! Yeah, I do, I totally agree with it. But it, also maybe but, at a certain age, by the way, like you know. But the primary thing was like, you know, it's really hard to explain his character without seeing that. So imagine that that doesn't happen. Yeah, and then we just met him in Japan or whatever. Why is he such a grumpy fuckhead? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... um, It's not... Uh, it, it just doesn't work. Mm. So, I think that that was an effective way of them quickly getting it across. But they didn't do it quickly, and they could have done it more intensely. They could have broken him a bit, which would have... It could, it could have been a flashback layer in the film, too, and then mm. it would have disjointed the film, right? You would have thought this guy was a dick for the first half, then seen the flashback, then... Yeah. had the context and then felt differently about him. But I think that that's unnecessary. I think that the way they did it was right in this. In, they did it like in the correct sequence. Mm. I just think that could you imagine if they, if they, if he really got ripped to shreds, if we saw the moment, not just when he's like, where is everyone? We saw the moment after that. Uh, and then we went, and then the next time we saw him, he was in Japan and he was just murdering people like a monster. And then the next time, we, we we properly engage with him is when he's going to kill himself because he's like, I've got fucking nothing to live for because I'm a, I'm a monster. I think that that would have been, that last moment would have been more effective if that first moment we saw him break. They, they, I mean, effectively, they could have done what they did with Ragnarok, right? Like, like um, uh, Mark Ruffalo has not had, you know, in this entire franchise, at no point was he given a film. Mm-hmm. Right, Thor Ragnarok was the closest. Yeah, yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. And I think that that is going to be the most that you'll ever see of, you know, Hulk. Mm-hmm. They kind of could have done that a bit with with Hawkeye in this one. You know, it could have been he he yeah he could have been a bit more of the engine or a bit more mm. of the fuel in the engine. 
um, in terms of momentum. And he is expositionally mm. that, but emotionally, I don't think... Yeah, I, I agree. I think that if... But I think that on an emotional level, I don't think that they have the same... I just don't think that that's emotionally a place that they would be willing to go to for the mm. first 10 minutes of their film. Can I also just say, I don't... It didn't ruin the film for me in the same way that the Infinity War, like, really... Like, I really hated that moment with Gamora. Gamora? Yeah. Uh, where she dies, where she gets killed by Thanos. Uh, it didn't ruin the film for me in that kind of way. It was just like, I just felt, while watching it, I was like, I know exactly what you're trying to do. I know what this emotional beat is. And I was like, oh, you, I just felt like, I felt like I could have been, my heart could have been wrenched in this mm. moment and you didn't take that opportunity. But I was okay with it. I was like, that's fine. Keep going. And the one thing that I will say that I did like about all of their arcs in the sim- similar vein is that if I'm, I'm, I would love to rewatch it and then break this down a little bit more intelligently. But I also felt like each character had a different way of coping oh, or yeah, different experience sure. with the pain of losing everyone. So the, he obviously had the pain of anger and he like just basically, I'm going to go kill anything that's bad. What I consider bad. You have um, Scarlett Johansson kind of like went into like a numbness state. The Hulk went into like, I'm going to control this. And he kind of tried to, control his world uh captain america of course went into like i'm gonna help people yep (laughs) tony stark went into like oblivion like this everything's over i don't want to give a shit anymore like everything i gave met with no reward um shit is that all of them there's there's so many more but like i'm just trying to think of the main and oh no i did say thor already obviously thor went into his like uh gluttonous kind of like uh alcoholic almost like addictive in you know, destruction. I, well, I guess that's the question, right? It, it's the destructiveness. He turned and destroyed himself for his actions. And they even say it in the film. They go, we all have reasons to feel guilty and feel, you know, bad about this. Like, it's not just Thor. It's not just anyway. Everyone felt in, like, obviously Thor missed that one strike, which could have changed the whole game. But I imagine that throughout the, the Infinity War, there was moments where each one of them could have had that moment, but they didn't get to take that opportunity. Um, yeah, I think you're right. There was an interesting way of looking at how each uh, character, uh, you know, responded to what happened, mm. and that mm-hmm. that was really well done. Again, that opening hour was just we just haven't seen that in a single Marvel film. And, and b- by the way, like I think I really didn't like Iron Man three, and um, I was just about to quote that uh, say that that was probably the one exception to the rule, and and. Th- I just, I mean, I know that they quasi try. I, did, I just don't think they pulled it off. I know that that's, that's what that film is supposedly doing, but mm. I never felt that it was doing it. And it, I, I wish that that film had been more effective because it would have been exactly like this, you know, the opening hour of this one. It, mm. The whole point of that film was meant to be dealing with post traumatic, you know, stress. And mm. I think they got it a little bit. I think there was there was something in his, his like unwieldy hesitation to to do what is good like he's just avoiding his avoidance i think was really good in the third iron man movie but i do feel like his his trauma didn't meet his actions like i think that when you're that traumatized by what you experienced then you would you in the height of your where you think someone would succeed is that's when they would fail you know like that's when the pressure is built 
that's when you would crumble. Not when like little things happen and you're like, oh, I want to. Can you be Iron Man? It's like, no, I'm crumbling. It, it'll be when he's got to do his final punch into yeah. the, the, the person that's doing all the damage and suddenly he can't fucking do it because all he can think about is is how this could start another and, you know, universal war or whatever. And the final fight wasn't emotion. That's exactly it. It's mm, like it wasn't, it's it wasn't emotional. It was just like a whole bunch of robots beating the shit out of a bunch of... I don't fucking remember what it was. Well, it was about it was Pepper like Potts, though. That was, the whole, that was the whole point of the... Yeah. Fight, you know, which I had an emotional beginning, but once again, it suffered from the Marvel thing, which is like, we're going to spend a, you know, a fourth, a quarter, sorry, of this film uh, doing a fight scene rather than spending that, sharing that quarter with the film with an emotional aspect like mm. they did in this one and then, and, and shortening the fight scene because we don't need yeah. the spectacle as much. Yeah, exactly. And, and that that's, you know, that's... That's a key dis- disappointment of that film. Mm. It was, just, and just tonally, it was all over the fucking shop because it was, you know, written by uh, Shane Black. So who's that? Uh, he wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, I, that was a good well, movie. That's a great. I film. love that movie. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he also made the most recent Predator movie. So uh, wrote and directed. Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, that almost did okay for me. Ugh. I mean, we we should do a talk about we're it. Gonna, we're gonna, yeah, definitely rewatching that film. And yeah, we can talk about that. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna talk yeah, about it. Yeah, let's not talk about it now. No, 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 no. You're right. It's fucking atrocious. To skip that- to, to change topics, then I thought it would be really funny to think of this film from a a set design and costume design perspective. Because I remember there was the moment where they go back and in, into uh, the Avengers movie. And just like do imagine being like, this is the newest costume and this is the, the costume we came up with to begin with, and being like, God, they seem outdated. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. And don't get me wrong, like I'm sure that they probably had good perspectives on it. Like at the time this was this was looked badass, but it's amazing how outdated they feel when they're sitting right oh, next yeah. to each other. Like, what was it, five years or six years difference? And they're still like night for day, Seven. the new ones look better. Seven years. Yeah. Seven years, yeah. You think, oh, anyway, I just thought that was brilliant. I, the, the choices they've made in the newer films for the costume, just like you go, wow, I didn't think about it, but holy shit, these new... Oh, yeah, they've good. made tiny little changes. Mm. I mean, some of them have been huge, like Iron Man's suits are really different between each one. Yeah, true, true. He, he's probably gone through like quite a, like every film he kind of evolves yeah. in some respects, which is, I think, also technologically. That's evolves, it. It's, yeah. He's always meant to be te- you know tinkering and tweaking and changing. And also, stuff. like I think FX got better. I oh, think, for sure. Throughout yeah. the last decade, I think that the special effects... Yeah, I have... I mean, yeah. His stuff... I watched Iron Man again. Uh, his stuff, a lot of it really stands up. Like oh really yeah yeah a lot of it stands up. I wonder it's, how much it's, of it's practical. Uh none. Oh, in the suit? The, no, no, I'm talking about the new the the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, none. None really. Yeah, John Favreau had a big argument with um them about it, and they were talking about because basically this they had the physical suit, mm. and it there was just these issues with it in movement. terms of yeah movement yeah, yeah. and things like that. And then uh, ILM did a test, and the producers and everyone had to get together, and they did a thing where John Favreau had to basically go through all the shots, pointing out which was CG and which one was the um, I love this. ones they'd shot on set, and he got them, like, almost all wrong, apparently. So he couldn't tell the difference. Uh, and so he got... Because he doesn't like lots of CG stuff. As yeah, well as, yeah. 
uh, thing. So yeah, he he was just a bit annoyed, but they yeah they got rid of them. So yeah, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that until ages later. He's totally in the wrong business to not want to like wrong franchise to not want to like CG. Well, I mean, yeah, he he stopped directing after two of them. So he's, yeah, true, know. true. And then he when you see what he did after that, he made uh, Chef. So uh, yeah, right. Well, I mean, I guess who like what like, once you've made that, right? You've just got so much money. You're just like rolling in it. You can just do do what you want to make, right? Yeah, and you can have Scarlett Johansson be a <laughs> character in it. And uh, oh, really, you haven't seen Chef? No, I haven't. No. Oh, so, dude, that is one of the only like completely pure like ah oh, feel good films. Like, that, you know, there's just there's just there's no sequence where it's like oh this is so dark and blah, blah. yeah, it's just it's about a chef who like has an amazing restaurant and has one really bad night where he flips out at a. A reviewer or something like that and uh anyway it all just fucking goes off the rails and he uh starts a food truck and that food truck is how he starts he's divorced uh and it's how he's he's never listened to properly listened to his son like his son is always making clear hints or or outright saying you know, oh, can I come with you today to choose the food for the restaurant? Oh, can I do? Yeah, right. He's interested in in what he is passionate about, and he is like, "It's my work. You'll find it boring. Don't worry about it. Bye." Like he doesn't mm. think about it from his son's point of view, and he starts to, and he gets his son working in the food truck and all that type of stuff, and that's what it's about. Like, is this about people getting back to basics and him reconnecting with his son? It's kind of that's all the film what is a about. Weird movie? Could you imagine that on your like CV? Marvel movie, Marvel movie, Marvel. Okay, chef movie. <laughs> it's great. It's fucking great. You should watch it. It's a lovely film. Really nice. Yeah, we'll yeah. check it out. Very enjoyable. So what else? It'll make you hungry though, so make sure you've eaten. eaten. Well, that's what we're gonna do. Fucking straight after this. Yeah. Shit. He he had um, he had like some top, like really um, good chef who had to like he because he loves cooking, right? Mm. And uh, but he had to have like someone there. Doing the cooking. Yeah, he had to have like a lot of dice training and stuff like that. Because he wanted a bunch of close-ups in the film and mm-hmm. and things like that. And him making things for himself just to eat and stuff. He wanted these sequences in the film to be like, this guy fucking loves food. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, his, his skills weren't up to scratch. I think I was listening to uh, Armchair Expert. Not a podcast, obviously. If you haven't listened to it, it's awesome. And they were talking... I don't know if it was to Gwyneth Paltrow or it was about... Gwyneth Paltrow set. Or near Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was about the fact that she, like, her film sets have the best catering. <laughs> like, the by and far the best, mm. absolute best catering that they've ever had. Like, on. vaginal detoxifiers and stuff like that. Well, I mean, whatever, I guess. Um, or what was that controversy with the beads or the eggs that supposedly don't, or well, they don't do anything, but, but they've been marketed to yep. something that, yeah. She's the fucking worst. Oh, uh, I don't know. She seemed like a pretty level-headed person, but... I no. Don't, no? <laughs> no, there's, like, this great website that just has lists of quotes from her. She is fucking detached from reality. <laughs> oh, really? Not, <laughs> she is not level-headed. Yeah, do you know what I realise as well? I mean, this is off-topic, but I think when, when I'm listening to, like, podcasts with famous people in it, everyone in the industry, other than maybe some, like, incredibly old people or grumpy comedians, don't belittle anything. It's like everything was like, yeah, I loved you in that. Yeah, I had a great time doing that. Like, then no one goes, yeah, man, but that, like, gaffer just was a dude. They're also American. That's a very American thing. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Europeans, British, Australians, it's not... 
And not that I'm waiting for it. I'm not waiting for, like, the worst part of a movie. But, like, it'd be nice to hear, like... I thought yeah. it was okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was fine. We got through it. You know, I had a bit of a... I was a bit off on that day and I was a bit out of it. And, you know, didn't click with the director. Too. I guess you wouldn't say that because you would want more work, right? Um, but Depends like, how powerful you are. Yeah, true, true. But, yeah, Endgame. End, yeah, back to Endgame. <laughs> um, I mean, like, like, without going into too much depth of it, like, the CGI was great. Uh, yeah. not nothing was out of place in yeah, that. About I what you expected. Cool. I was continue, you know, continued to be incredibly impressed by the Thanos work. Mm. Oh like yeah, that, that was great. That- I also liked his character in this one too. Yeah. Even when he saw himself be killed, I was like they, they were, like you could have gone like angry. You could have gone you could have gone really one dimensional with that. No. And he, he was- nailed it. Just like that, yep, this makes sense. He's that believing like, in his Yeah. Character. Destiny, and I love that he he almost critis like he critiques himself. I know I, I don't mean to be like uh, anti people who believe things, but there was something about his devout belief which took away, which was which I I think in anyone even a even a lack of belief, even if you're like a staunch atheist or like a staunch believer in religion, uh, like it, there's always a flaw in not being able to have any gray. And it was seen in one of his lines. I forgot how it went. It was something to the effect of um, he was commenting on it might have been the Avengers and how they have like a belief in hope and how that's going to lead them to destruction or lead them to, to, to their demise. And yet he, he had just either just finished or just started talking about his drive to, to get those the stones and it's like this like one track mind. <laughs> And I think there's something really like telling about someone who seems incredible, who is quite, like arguably really intelligent and really smart, but also just like so blind to his vision that that like he misses out his his hypocrisy, which I think once again that's a that's a flaw of people, you know. And I don't I don't at all mean to criticize any like faith or lack of faith or whatever. No, if, I just, anyone who doesn't yeah, see a gray, you, you need to. That's exactly yeah. Just yes. Yeah, no matter what it's you fine believe. To, it's fine to criticise that, you know. People yeah. should be... People, you know, it's why you shouldn't follow the word of whatever. Because, mm. you know, if you do... <laughs> well, yeah, I think that I think having a... I know that, that it defies faith, but having a level of scepticism about everything, even faith, just to... I think I was I was at a... a, a, a what are they called? Like a Sunday church mass by, you know, by chance. It's just, uh-huh. you know, I uh, was at, at one of those and I was listening and, and, and the, the priest, you know, was actually saying something I thought was really cool. He goes, he was talking about faith and he was saying that like, it's important to, to it's not, no, sorry, it's not important, but it's human and it's completely fine to have doubts of faith. Like that's like he because I think he was talking about people who'd like have doubts and and how people scorn people for that. And I thought that was really refreshing to hear someone go like, yeah, you know what? Like sometimes we have a doubt in faith. Sometimes we don't sit with it and sometimes we question it. And then, you know, we we realign our, our centers and we go back to what we believe. And I think that that was actually kind of like a sweet like that, 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 that was a gray in in a in something that is, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. Not that this is going to be a religious discussion, but I, I think that it's no, no, a comment yeah. to Thanos and and the way that he's so yeah, one direction, the, yeah, you know, and that's their flaw, right? And the same thing, arguably, with the Avengers. We're gonna like a uh, Captain America, No Man Left Behind. That his flaw is No Man. Yeah, left if behind. they if they had just killed, uh, if they had just 
torn the What's stone name, dude, out, out of, of uh, Vision. Uh, yeah, that's right. And none of it would have happened. Yeah. That only happened because Iron Man wasn't there, you know? Mm. I can't think that Iron Man would agree that Tony Stark would... As in, like, I think that Tony Stark would let Vision make that argument, no, we should take it out of my head and... And he would have been on that side. And he would have been on that side of the argument and necessarily gone, let's just fucking kill Vision. I think that he would have let Vision create the argument and then go along with it. Well, he wanted to enslave... Not enslave, but entrap the world with the protective shield that was flawed. Yeah. Civil War. Um, yeah, so I thought that that was a... I, I thought that that's a really cool moment in Thanos. And, oh, actually, I've really got to look up one line. This is actually unrelated. Um, <laughs> this was this one line of the film, which I thought was fucking great. Oh, that's... It'll be related somehow. Um, uh, I don't know if he said the word gross or, um, like... Uh, uh, man, how does it go? It, it, it's it's something to the effect of like it was Iron Man who said, and he was looking at Captain America, and he's like, um, "Turns out resentment is gross, um, and I hate it." And I think there's something really beautifully poetic about uh, about talking about how bad resentment is, and then resenting it. Yeah, it's in its own discussion, <laughs> completely unrelated. I just love the hypocrisy, and the, and it was obviously intentional, like because he that, that's when he yeah he just goes back into he's figured out the the time thing, which once again. Montage. Everyone needs a montage. Hey, could you run the simulation? Oh, I figured it out. You know, like, there's something about that which kind of... Yeah, I had to get over that a long time in Marvel. Well, yeah. It's like, just so often it's, oh, no, we have this really big problem. How can it possibly work? Uh, smart person with computer, do yeah. do that. Do the simulation. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't like that. I didn't but, like... You know. I mean, I know that you told me Ant-Man has that... There's a whole thing in Ant-Man where they talk about the quantum realm and stuff like that. But as a nerd, and I'm not even that nerdy about the quantum quantum physics, um, but for me, it's like, nah, man, that's not like. There's nothing that I know. I, th- of I think that I think that you that. should start more at like the aerodynamics of Iron Man or something no, far but that's more been lower proven. down. That's been I've seen someone with an Iron Man suit, like not like obviously full Iron Man suit, but the hands and the feet pads, and it works. Like you can do it. It's not as reliable as that is at the speeds. That that they're and doing not at and the, the same human speeds. being can't take the g-forces of what oh yeah there totally. are far more basic things to, com- to I know, complain about but i'm willing to take those like on the chin but when you go into the quantum realm <laughs> no which, by the way doesn't exist there is no quantum realm in the marvel film yeah i know it's just i told you this before like i don't it, uh they don't it's not like the quantum realm what they're saying is like quantum size you make like, yeah, yeah you make yeah, yourself yeah. so small but, that basically you get in between time and space that just burns me that just doesn't even make sense why you can't get so small that you go in between time and space there isn't that's not how do you know (sighs) once things are subatomic what do we really know okay let's 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 argue a falsehood right if if your argument is how do we know then like how do we know that like uh, why why are most scientists agnostic because you never know. Because you can't disprove God. That's right. That's but that's the worst. <laughs> so just argument. go with the quantum realm. No, fuck it. I want there to be at least some. No, explanation. you accepted the God of Thunder in the fucking film. You can accept there being a quantum realm. But I realm. accepted the God of Thunder in the God of Thunder world. In in whatever that place is called, as Asgard. Asgard. And I was like, no, they establish in that film that there are the realms, and in those realms, 
Earth is one of them. But what bounds the entire universe together is is quantum physics. Not it's not just like this realm you uh, go to, a place you go the to. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is not the same universe. It's still else. Earth. Doesn't it's matter. still the same planet. Doesn't matter. Uh, they even told you in the films what happened in 2012, 2013, 2014. Yeah. That's what what happened. We watched history today <laughs> in that universe. Yeah, I know. I know I'm being a little jerk. It just it just it just irks me a little bit. And it goes back on my point what I was saying before about like I don't like the kind of little bits of um plot holes with time travel. That, that, that bothered me. There is no thing that you can make in time travel that doesn't somehow have a plot hole. Yeah, but there are ways of doing it where, once again, it's all about consequence. With time travel, my thing is, it's like, I don't mind you doing time travel. I don't mind you fucking it up. Because we don't, time travel is other than going forward in time. We don't have a way of doing that. So... Well, except in the quantum realm. Shut up! Uh, but... <laughs> But but if um but if you're gonna go with the time travel thing, I'm okay with most things as long as you have consequences for your actions. If you go through time, there's got to be some version of that. You can't just do it willy nilly, and that's what they were kind of talking about. Well, no, they weren't because they're talking about shrinking into the quantum realm and then coming out of the other end. It just I don't know. I I just I would have liked like with the Thor hammer. I like that that would have changed the course of history. That one action, not the talking to the mum, that could have potentially not changed. They could have, they could have made it funny though. Like they could have had something in like a two years later. He's like, "Hammer, where's my yeah? Where the have... fuck? Yeah, it could have. Yeah, no, they could have very much done that. But like, yeah, I just, I, I feel, I feel like it was a little bit. It could have been just you know a little bit more risky, you know. And also they, they were talking about how like. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to consequences. I really thought this movie did consequences pretty well. Like I didn't feel it too much. Yeah. But looking back upon the movie, when they went and they had that issue with um, Stark, Tony Stark, sorry, uh, Iron Man and um, Ant Man failing at getting the Tesseract, then they were like, oh, we'll just go more in time and go like it's like the Inception rule, right? We just go deeper dream and then a deeper dream. Though I think Inception did it really well, by the way, but uh, but but it's just funny that you can just click your fingers and do that. It's like arguably, then why the fucking you just keep doing that? You know, where, where's the limit there? Oh no, they said if it didn't succeed, they they were stuck. If they didn't get more of those fucking yeah. things, then it would have been stuck. But arguably, they could have done that again and done it or whatever. They could have found another point where that that shit existed or whatever. No, they couldn't have because that was the first time. You can uh, only do one. They can only do one more, was all they said. Well, in yeah, any I, direction. I know that they 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 only had because each one of those little things was like one jump, and each of them had enough to go in and out again. And then they went in, and then they fucked up, and then they needed to go in deeper with the one thing. And if they yeah. didn't get any more refills, they wouldn't come back out. Yeah. So that was the premise, and that was okay. But it just I don't know. It just it lowered the consequences because they could have taken that jump anyway. And I, arguably, they didn't think of it. Arguably, it wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. But it still makes me... It just it just does a little part of my brain that's like, mm, I don't like that. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the moment before they went in, like, if there was enough, like, emotional... There was enough tension and Tony Stark looked, like, scared and pissed off about going. Yeah, I get it. Can I just make one more point? Oh, no. It's about time. No, it is. Oh, God. Five. Years later. Do you remember that bit in the film? Yeah. That was fucking so ridiculous. 
I get the five and the years, but it's just like when they did the later, I was like, dude, just we we know it's. I guess it could be five years before. Like I don't know. That was. I think like maybe I think that yeah I agree, but I think also at the same time that we weren't in the target audience for that. Like I think Marvel nutheads were in the target audience for that. Of like, oh, what the fuck are they gonna do now? Because. I expect like I didn't expect them to get to Thanos so quickly. I didn't yeah. expect them to fail a that second time. That was cool, time. by the way. Yeah, and that that was clever, yeah. right? Like that just it. I like that he that, was like, I I destroyed them. It's all over. I am inevitable. Yeah, like yeah. that. That had to. They had to give you that idea that to make the stakes pay off later on. Even though you know, there's just no way that it was going to happen. They had to ha- leave you with the idea that. Um, that, yeah, you cannot, doesn't matter what you do, time is time, and it plays mm. out the same way. It, it plays out to the same end in however many different ways mm. it does. So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, if I if I were to be, once again, lo- I really enjoyed the film. I thought it had really... Like, I much preferred it to Infinity War. Oh, it was like... It was, it was, it was awesome. Was, yeah. But I will say that, like, it, it could have been ballsier. In that, like, you could have been like, th- it could have just been a succession of failures until, and take out that whole army at the end. But like, it could have been they didn't make it back, like they one of the stones didn't come back, or Thanos m- managed to figure that out, like he did, and he managed to like find a way to like, to yeah, just, I think to fuck up the plan and like there was just a lot of a lot of fan payoff and servicing yeah. and stuff like that happening. Of course, it was, it was really that. It's like. They were sort of sitting there going, people are going to expect a battle. People are going to expect yeah, us yeah. to show a zillion characters together and for someone to say Avengers Assemble. Yeah. You know, yeah. it needs... It, there were things that were on the shopping list that they had to tick off yeah. and that... Because each one was had a dollar to- sign that they would have gotten <sighs> in, the, in the box office. Um, no. I actually, I actually don't think that that's cynical, right? I think with this film, you can instantly make a billion dollars just by... S- by it being what it is, right? I don't think they need to do anything other than release a film that was the end of this series and they would instantly get a billion dollars. So I don't... I genuinely actually don't think that. I really do think that, like, you know, Fag and all the rest of them who were in charge were going through a shopping list of what fans would want to see. Mm. I I do think that because I just... There is no financial justification for, for... anything because you would just by default you were going to make a fuck ton of money yeah yeah even if it was a flop it would have made its money back because people would have fucking seen it yeah i think people just would have seen it just to for the same reason we saw it just to see how does this franchise end Mm. you know or how does this this part of the version yeah Yeah, how does that how does that end you know and presumably, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to have a black captain america now? Are they going to have uh you know, they're going to have um Captain Marvel have a whole thing. Captain Marvel have a whole thing. Obviously, like Spider Man in that trailer, there was you know, it's like the world needs new Iron Man, and uh, are we gonna have? Um, are we gonna have you know, uh, whatever the character's name? But she was made the Queen of uh, Asgard, right? Are we gonna yeah. have that. Uh, you know, are we gonna have? Um, are we gonna have uh, the next Guardian of the Galaxy have Thor in it? Like, yeah. you know. I don't know. I mean, we know that he definitely works in that dynamic, right? Like mm. they w- they played off each other really well in um, 
That was such a great scene. Another scene that they took time with too, which I thought was great. They allowed it to go. Yeah, allowed it to be a funny, properly enjoyable scene. Yeah, because they could have been a total bust. They could have cut that faster and it would have been... Yeah. That was the long pause. Is that just... just how he looks at him at the very end. Yeah. Of just like, I am I am going to knife you. <laughs> yeah. Not even that. It's the, I am in charge. Yeah. I'm actually But I charge. felt like it was stronger than that. I felt yeah, like yeah. it was like, I am in charge and I will knife you. Yeah, like, yeah. He, it was... Yeah. And so just, you know, he's such a wonderful character. I, I do hope it's not the end for Chris Hemsworth being mm. Thor. I think that that's a fun... I think it's Ragnarok like proved that there's more to Thor than than there can be more. Like, oh, keep going. yeah. And I think that Guardians of the Galaxy, God, I fucking hope he is because I don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, uh, it would be fucking that. sweet if Thor was in I loved um, as well uh, Captain America's version. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really sweet, like, give him some respite. I, I was, I was, that was I a was perfect ending, ending for him. And as soon as he was getting in the time machine, I was like, he's going to stay. He's not coming back. I knew that that something was going to happen. I thought, I thought, I thought the first thing in my head was like, this would be really cool if he comes back and he's all fucked up. Like he's just been in like a crazy (laughs) fight. And it's because like the next Marvel movie is going to come out and it's got something to do with what he just did. I liked what they, that surprised me. I was like, huh? And then as soon as I saw him on the bench, I was like, oh. I I thought that there was going to be something carved into a tree or, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I thought there'd be something like that. I didn't expect him to be that old. And that was, that's the, I would say that's possibly the most successful thing in this entire franchise has been um, communicating Captain America, you know, Steve Rogers feels lost in his time, and he longs constantly for the love of his, love of his life, with whom he missed having sharing his life. Mm. Uh, I think that that's actually pro- just about in terms of the emotional stuff. I think that is just about the most successful aspect of of the entire franchise is that there's always been this sadness to. Captain America, mm-hmm. and I think that Chris Evans has really allowed that to be present all the time. You know, in that, you know, it's not just it's not just that he's a nice guy. It's like the way that he interacts with women. You know, it's not just that he's a, a, he's a, a gentleman. You know, mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of his time, uh, he is not interested in anyone else. Yeah, yeah. You know, he can't love another other than person. his own butt. Yeah, other than his own butt. And so I think that for that to have a payoff was really, really beautifully done because I, yeah, as I said, I I really think that that is the most successful emotional aspect of the entire franchise has been been his uh, floating through and he's just doing what he believes is right uh, because, you know, not just because he has nothing else to do, but he has nothing else to do. Mm. You know, everything he, he has is in the past. Exactly, yeah, and he's he's out of his time, and then f- to, for him to have a second chance mm-hmm. and to go back and to do that, yeah, I, I definitely thought he wasn't coming back, but I didn't expect him to be sitting on the bench. That mm. that really surprised me. Yeah, and I loved that they uh, saving Private Ryan, uh, him at the very end uh, with um. You know, he says, are you going to tell me about her? And yeah. uh, and he says, no, I don't think so. I don't it's remember like, that bit in the movie. 
in Avengers. No, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, it's like an almost identical bit. Um, yeah. The uh, Matt Damon's character, uh, Private Ryan, tells this like the story of the last time that he saw all of his now dead brothers alive. You know, this was the last time that we were all together. And he tells this quite long story. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, Captain Miller had previously said, you know. When, when he's thinking of his wife, you know, he's thinking of her, like, outside cutting the roses and stuff like that. So, he tells this long story of everything, and then he goes, uh, so, tell me about your wife and the flowers. And he goes, no, no, that's just for me. Yeah, that's and he so just sweet. And he just stares off. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, that's actually really sweet. That's sweet on so many levels. <sighs> Fucking, I love saving Brian Ryan. And, uh, yeah, so that... And that was so beautifully done in this film as well, like basically the same emotional beat if it's mm. like that belongs to me because that's my most precious joyous like mm. he cut what is he even supposed to say anyway it's like every yeah. dream he ever had has come true you know yeah, yeah. He, he got to and that that was an interesting thing that that's how they ended uh ended the film too you know yeah that um, was it wasn't it there was yeah, just the hugging and dancing and then that was it but finally he was at peace you mm. know uh 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 Tony Stark was at peace. Mm, and that's was- the thing. It's like Tony Stark was either going to die like that or get himself killed in an accident doing something experiment. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, uh, as she said, you know, you can you can rest yeah, now. We'll be okay. And so it's that good. thing of like, he, he, you kind of think about it, it. It's pretty inevitable. You just sort of think like, how does this character get written out? And you just go. Well, and that's what that's what she said to him in the couch in the house. It's like you know you've got this idea. You, you're not going to rest until you've seen it through. Yeah. You know if there's a chance, you're not going to like this is this is your destiny. This is the way you are. And and he did that till his very end. Yeah, and I think I I do think that's another thing that was again. I just feel that sort of the the hard punch of it in Iron Man three was really poorly done in my opinion, but. But I do think that they've they gave a sense of why he's so driven, you know, mm, throughout what would you all think the films. Is that? Well, I mean, initially, right in the first movie, it's that thing of he gets attacked, and mm. and then the last thing he sees, I think, before he he gets knocked out, is um the box of stuff. No, it's a bomb. That yeah, it's like, Poom, and it says Stark, and then and then yeah, he goes to the um he goes to the. When he's imprisoned, you know, he mm. sees that there's a lot of Stark Industries things all over the place. And so, he learns firsthand what it is to be a victim of his own company. Mm. Uh, so, I th- that is definitely the foundation of it. He realises, no, you need to you need to help humanity, not uh, not pretend that you're helping it by protecting it from itself. You know, you need to stop killing people because it's bad. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, that, that becomes his thing is that I can't, I cannot protect you by putting weapons in the hands of all the na- nations, but I can help you by being uh, the single point at which protection can be found, right? I can protect mm. you by being the person who does that. Because you can trust me. Like, I can trust me. I can't trust anyone else. You know, yeah. And I think, like, it's kind of like, you know, I loved shows like ER and you know a bunch of scrubs not all of it but one of the things I always think about with doctors is like I always wonder you know when they go home at night right it's like how do they clock off when they know that if they were just one more set of hands back at the hospital like 
Mm. By them not being there, people might die. Yeah. Just yeah. by their absence. And so I think that that's kind of what... Um, MASH does that really well. Yeah. Oh, totally, right? MASH does that beautifully with Hawkeye. Like it, And it's a bit of that god plot complex type of, you know, mm. arrogance. But but I think but I think that... And, and, it's, and you can't think that way, right? Like, no. if you do become a doctor and you work in a hospital... You just can't think people will die. And you will go crazy. And you will go insane if you... And so, I think that... I think that Tony Stark stumbles into this place of essentially being Earth's doctor, you know, and he... That's... That's where I think it is, and I think that they do it well, where he's, just, mm. he's obsessed. It's it's beyond his arrogance and his narcissism. It's like, it's beyond that. It's actually just this... He's so scared if he stops for a minute that everything will fall to shit. Mm. Uh, but again, but the issue with that is that when he's not in the films, it gets undermined, you know, by the spy, mm. as we've discussed in previous things, like, you know, in Ant-Man. It's like, why does it get to the point where the guy's going to build an ant size army to fucking take over the world? Yeah. Why can't it just be a small stakes thing? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Iron Man would show up. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, they did undermine themselves all, all along the way, but I do think that overall, you know... I. I really hope they learned a lot from this. Mm-hmm. From this ten years, eleven years. Yeah. I really hope that they've learned a lot of those things. I, I, I hope they learned a lot from this movie, and that you can actually spend a lot of time on the emotional content and mm. actually. But I think they'll only see that within the context of eleven years. Yeah. So you know, I think that they'll see that within percentage of screen time of you know the twenty something films. Uh, but maybe they will. I don't know. Um. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what um, Spider-Man is yes. like. I'm a bit disappointed that it's going. Um, for, and I don't think that it's. A, I don't think it's avoidable, right? Like, I'm just a bit disappointed it's going from friendly neighborhood Spider-Man to, you know, turned up to eleven so quickly. It would have been nice to see sort of one more intermediate film before he's like super fucking. Might like, be all over the place, and that's it exactly. Might be. He might spend know, the yeah. whole movie avoiding. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, fuck, what is that guy's name? Um, Jeez. I feel like it starts with Z. No. Oh. Oh, It's going to drive me crazy anyway. Samuel Jackson, right? You're thinking the same person? No. No. But yes, okay. I thought you were were going to talk... Well, actually, kind of, yes, because Samuel Jackson is the guy that takes him to the dude that Jake Gyllenhaal's playing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which is fine. I don't mind if... As long as Jake Gyllenhaal isn't a world stopper. You know what I mean? Like, I, I... and that's right. That's what it looks yeah. There was a lot of like big CGI people doing yeah, things, yeah. but well, we can't judge it before it comes out. Yeah, I yeah. just hope that they I just hope that they do something transition-y with it that's good. No, I just uh, want to play Spider-Man video game, which I don't own. <laughs> looks sick. Yeah, rookie mistake. All right, we did it. Yeah. After a year. After we- after eleven years. <laughs> we managed to do it. Oh um, I really want to see what happens next. I want to know what the next five years is in the in the Marvel world and see if they actually do some ballsy shit. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I really, really do hope that they do some interesting things because I think that if if it was me and I was the producer and I was looking back at this body of work... Um, but, and I, I actually thought about this that during the funeral section, right, mm. when they did that shot of looking at sort of each of each the franchises yeah, standing yeah. next to each other... And I just thought, man, if you were the producer of this, you know, uh, Paul Feig, you'd be like, fuck me, am I proud of what yeah. <laughs> I've put together, right? and rightfully so, mm. um, for, you know, whatever my opinion of the individual films, like, rightfully so. And um, 
I think you'd be looking at it and going, I would just hope that an element of you would be thinking, what could I do better? Yeah, yeah. How do we And make not thinking about visual effects, not thinking about stakes being upped. No. Not thinking about that. What could I do better? And I really think that the first hour of this film is the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. You know, that Definitely. they can do it. And we knew that, right? Like all of these actors are actors who have demonstrated in their careers that they absolutely have the chops mm. to, to do what they did in this film. Yeah. Uh, and more. Way more. You know, uh, for for a lot of them, it was sort of like a narrow band of things. And and so I just, I just, that's what I would hope for. I would just hope to see more, more of that, more of the, more of the heart, more stakes related to personal stakes uh, that don't end up in, you know, I'm going to fight a zillion, you know, of these monsters monsters. or this or that. You know, it was fitting for this film, absolutely. But I just want to see. You know, that that's what ruined Ant-Man, you know? Mm. Uh, that For me, that's what ruined Ant-Man was just this stupid stakes when they'd really spent so much time in that film establishing this is a man who doesn't want to risk going to prison because he has a daughter that he cares about. So, we know. What does he care about and what needs to be threatened? His daughter. And they right. do threaten her at the very end, yeah, yeah. but it's in the context of, like, fighting another Ant-Man person who yeah, is, yeah. like you know, wants to build an army to take over the fucking planet. Why? Why can't it it literally just be, you've taken everything from me, I'm going to go and kill your... Personal story. Your your daughter. And it's like, oh no, I need to stop you. Like, I just don't... You know, that's what they need to get to. I think they need to... They need to get more more in touch with that. Totally. Uh, We'll see. Fingers freaking crossed. Yeah. We know that they're capable of it, but... Yeah. You know, probably not, to be honest, but... (laughs) I mean, I know they're capable. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, but probably won't see it happen as well. No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, but you know, I, I, I think that there should be some analysis and reflection from inside Marvel because of how, you know, a lot of people say uh, one of the things I think that is actually important about this franchise is that, and myself included in this, is that people say like they've been part, a huge part of this, you know, downfall of cinema, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and what I'll say is, you know, in, in the 11 years of this franchise has been ongoing, I've seen some of the best films I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. in terms of dramas and lower budget stuff. Uh, so, you know, film is very much healthy and very yeah. much alive and amazing stuff is being made. It's just not going into the cinema. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I, think that, I think that there should be some reflection in terms of how powerful... They are, you know, they've they've managed to fill the cinemas and and people's expectations mm. and wants uh, of what they expect to see when they go to the cinema. They've shifted that, and and I and I think that they have been. One of the things that's quite interesting is um, I'm trying to remember the name of the YouTube channel. I feel really terrible that I can't remember it off the top of my head. Great YouTube channel about filmmaking. Ah, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, um. Something of a screen, right? Screen? No, 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 no. It's not that one. Lessons of a screenplay. No, it's not Lessons from a Screenplay, um, which is amazing. Uh, Anyway, I I won't waste the time. Maybe just, if I remember it, just put a link in or something, because I just, because I'm going to be, I wanted to acknowledge before repeating a point that he made. Mm. He actually made a whole video about, you know, the death of cinema and Superman movies being a big part of it. And the the thing that's quite interesting is he's like, uh, what the point that he makes is, um, 
look at look look actually at what's happened. And yes, franchises have taken over, but this this whole thing of like cinematic universes destroying cinema. How many successful cinematic universes do we have? You know, Paramount tried to do one. Uh, DC, mm. you know, continues to do one that it has been repeatedly slammed and mm. resulted in subpar films. Uh, Marvel have been the only ones who have actually been successful and you can't put Star Wars in the same thing because there's always kind of going to be Star Wars. But, you know, Jurassic Park has attempted to do it, but the second film is a fucking, like, insane nutcase, mm. terrible thing. And uh, so I do think it's it's kind of interesting, right? It's like they are actually the exception to the rule. Uh, and yet, people say that these things have destroyed cinema. It was, it was just an interesting point of view that yeah. he put forward, and and I think that um, that it's a valid point, right? Is that uh, cinema has definitely, definitely changed over the last eleven years? But um, you know, people need to separate cinema from film uh, because I think that when George Lucas and and Spielberg, you know, were about like eight years ago or something, uh, they did a talk together at um uh, i think the university of california and uh one of the things that george lucas said was you know you know 20 years from now uh it's going to cost you 50 dollars to go to the cinema and it's going to be packed technologically with experiences you cannot have at home it's going to be beyond the big screen tv it's going to be beyond the 5.1 surround sound or the 7.1 surround sound or any of that stuff it's going to be a really expensive night out that's going to be crazy because every other film experience you'll be able to have at home Mm. and I think that they're right. I think that it's a thing of like I do not need I I don't it's not even need. I don't even want to be in a cinema when I go and see a 40 million dollar, you know, historical drama thing. I don't want to be in the cinema when mm. I do, I oh don't I don't yeah. enjoy it. I lo- I want to buy the Blu-ray or I want to watch it on Stan or I want to watch it on Netflix or I want to buy it and mm. you know or rent it or whatever on Google. I want to watch it in high quality uh in my house. Uh, with my, you know, what I have rigged up as a home cinema and and enjoy it without interruption. Without and, the sound of kids crying or the volume being set too low or... Without those things, yeah. Oh, my God, that was so frustrating. To it was really frustrating and I, I just continually are reminding myself of, like, at least, you know... There's a reason why they were at the same session that we were at. Yeah. It's, like, because they've they've... Been considerate uh, enough. They've been considerate enough to not bring their children to the larger sessions where people get, and it's probably the only time of sanity that they can get to go and watch this film. And you know, it was cool stuff. Clearly, that yeah, that mum, yeah, that mum off to the right, who was like, uh, there was a mum who was at the cinema and good on her. Like she maybe started crying and being fidgety. Yeah, and she was uh, like rocking around and walking in sort of the entrance exit area, watching. The movie. She must have. She watched like an hour and a half or two hours of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like anyway. She obviously. Loved and it was it. A, yeah, totally. And it was just. It's just one of those things of like. I think there must have been like seven children mm. in the audience, and most of them were babies. Yeah. And yeah, I, I for Nothing the first against them, by the way. Like I don't actually. Oh no 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 no! no. no. Like it, it's objectively annoying, but yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. also like you. I'm sorry, but can't you, you can't. They're fucking human beings. The parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are people who. Are allowed to go and do the things that they want to do, and That's I was cool. I was just having a conversation the other day with my mum about this. Actually, like people, you know, as soon as people have kids, sometimes their friends start to um, 
isolate them because of that. Yeah, isolate them because of that. Whereas it's like, it doesn't actually make a difference. Just accept that there's a child and they behave in, in ways that you can't control or expect. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I was just, I try to just keep that in my mind because I, but yeah, the first half of this film, I still had a, like, a migraine and then the painkillers started kicking in for a second. <laughs> but the first half of the, when you have a migraine, you All don't, sounds you can't those. focus your sound your hearing so you well when i have them anyway so i'm just sort of sitting there going uh, and then anytime that kid off to the right did anything that's all i could hear and then i was just like so i'm just sort of sitting there being like dude (laughs) let let these parents have like just i was i was trying to be as uh as like zen as possible when you have Um, misophonia it's the same thing uh, misophonia is like that like whole the things that your ears just get focused on certain sounds. Right, right. So, and, and I certainly have that. That's sort of the whole chewing thing with this and everything that I do. Hey, don't move. Don't even. No, no, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so for me, it was just like, and then what helps with misophonia is if there's a loud enough speakers yeah. where I don't have to fucking like listen. Yeah, that was a quiet session, actually. Anyway. I was very disappointed, but that's fine. I still enjoyed the film. I just would love to have heard it. If, once again, at home, big screen, Crank it, the volume up, cuddle up with my girlfriend. You know, that's like, it, yeah. <laughs> and and you know, the only time I really go to cinema anymore is uh, in polar kind of opposite. That like this was even an exception, right? Like I, if we weren't going to do this podcast, I actually would just would have waited until it was on stand. And um, but you know, I either go when I don't give a shit. Or when I'm massive, you know, or it's Star Wars, right? I'm epically mm. invested. I have to see this film. Yeah. Um. So those are kind of you know, the, if I really do care about a film, like nowadays when a Spielberg comes out, I wait until it's on Blu-ray and then I buy it and I watch it. In my oh, he would hate you saying that. He, Considering no, he would yeah. hate he would hate me watching it on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. But God, <laughs> why can't you just remain awesome? Yeah. Everyone's got um, their thing. Everyone's got their thing. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I just uh, this it, it was good. It was it was a good yeah, experience. I and, loved it, and it, and it, it was a it was a worth watching on a big fucking screen like it, totally. it was but yeah I, it would have been nicer to walk out with my ears ringing yeah yeah i agree i would love to have blocked my ears and then rather than trying to listen more carefully um yeah i don't have anything to contribute because that th- that was pretty much everything it it was an avenger movie it held it it was probably one of the better ones that i've ever seen uh don't have uh, i've got plenty of criticism but nothing that's that would I would imply like add to the thing nothing that didn't have justification it was an awesome movie I had a good time I did also yeah definitely better than the Infinity War I had a much better time watching this than Infinity War yeah, yeah. from experience though I w- wouldn't mind re-watching Infinity War to see yeah you should all on stand man fucking sweet oh it's on stand that's right yeah Dis- uh-huh. the Disney contract yeah also yeah. I might do that alright well thank you very much we're back <laughs> <laughs> woo release this in like six months hurrah <laughs>